da da la da da Hi guys, welcome to the Mindgrove Podcast. Today we have Shibby the Twin and Jessica the Quiet Jamaican and we'll be discussing another interesting topic today and we also have a lovely guest who's hosting with us today and I'll let her introduce herself. Hey, I'm Toria Akin, singer-songwriter from London. If you've listened to the most recent episode, which is up now, um, with Labs. Um, we talked about black conformity and it was just a really nice chat and discussion and a chance to get to know her more and know just um, what she's about and what she thinks and her experiences and everything like that. So that's kind of the, the direction we're going in today with our artists. Um, so today we've got Toria Akin and she'll be talking with us about relationships um we relationships like a normal is something that everyone talks about in general um Mm. but we were quite interested in how relationships have changed in this whole social distancing lockdown period um we all know that we ourselves individually or personally have changed so knowing how we interact with people it'd be quite interesting to see if that sort of interaction and relationship has changed that's it's a very thought-provoking one because we're big-brained big brain ladies here but um hopefully if you can keep up with us for the rest of the hour then it'll be a really great listen um so i'll start off with you toria would you say that how you interact in relationships it could be platonic or romantic has changed coming out of lockdown now would you say oh it's difficult because i feel like i haven't really had the normal interactions like it's not completely back to normal compared to pre-lockdown I think in terms of my friendships I've been fortunate in the sense that we've made a conscious effort to keep in touch with each other we organize zoom calls where we see each other's faces we're very active on our whatsapp groups um so in some respects it doesn't feel like that long since I've seen them and Mm. you know same with family um I remember at the beginning of lockdown when lockdown was really you know intense um it was hard because for example my sister who would come and visit you know very frequently she didn't come for like you know a good a good few weeks and it was like you know it wasn't wasn't the best but mm. again because of technology the absence didn't feel too great because I had you know what's that video call and we're still busting jokes and stuff like that so um I'd say yes and no but I think it's quite minute any change that might have occurred okay (laughs) yeah I feel like some people said that they've been having more meaningful conversations now with their friends and family now that they're in um lockdown and I feel like I can relate to that because of course being locked up by yourself with your thoughts and feelings that you have to address now you're gonna you're gonna be changing you're gonna be thinking about things differently um so I feel like lockdown has been good in a sense to kind of force you to have creative ways to reconnect with people or to kind of um, have more meaningful conversations rather than just how's work doing or mm. what you've been up to, things like that. Um, so, yeah, what do you think should be? Um, I feel quite bad. I think apart from one one Zoom call in the evening with a couple of uni friends, I haven't really, and maybe one 
call with a couple of um, home friends. I haven't really talked to my friends um, in that sense. The whole meeting up and I was very comfortable to not <laughs> talk to anyone <laughs> for the past since lockdown started. Um, so I don't know. I think it depends on people's personalities and what they were doing before lockdown as well. People who tended to hang out together, I guess, or um, saw each other regularly would probably miss it more than mm. me who didn't really do all my, I was at uni, all my friends from home were gone. I didn't really meet up with my uni friends anyway. Um, so lockdown is there. I haven't got, I can't see my friends. What's new, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I've been, like, people have been trying to make a conscious effort to reconnect with people and they're choosing who they want to reconnect with as well. I think because you don't have to go to all these social events or you don't have to go to school you don't have to go to and see people that you don't necessarily like or you don't necessarily want to hang around with you get to choose who you give your energy and you give your time so I think the friendships and the relationships that come out of that are more genuine and because you guys are choosing to spend time with each other it's like I chose to call you or you chose to call me I chose to pick up the call um, Mm -hmm. and spend time with you so um, I think that's been um, that's been quite good Um, do you Mm -hmm. think any friendships have kind of gone out the window since lockdown as in you spend some time apart and you're thinking "Mm, no (laughs) I'd I'd like it I'd like to keep it this way (laughs) do you know what for me I think prior to lockdown I became quite um what's the word deliberate with my time my energy who I surrounded myself with because I think that is so powerful and you know, you, I think the number one thing you need to safeguard is your space. And um, I think there wasn't anyone, <laughs> fortunately for me, the answer to that is no, because there wasn't anyone kind of prior to lockdown that I was kind of already contemplating that relationship. Um, if anything, it kind of strengthened the ones that I have. Now that I've had time to think like what Jessica touched on in terms of more meaningful conversations. Um, again, I'm quite fortunate in the sense that I say all of my friendship groups, we tend to, there's depth to them. You know, we tend to kind of share, you know, how we're feeling, if we're feeling down, if we need to pick me up, if, you know, just a space to listen. Um, so, yeah, for me, <laughs> it hasn't kind of been that. If anything, it just kind of made me value the people in my life um, already and, you know, made me see that these are people that I definitely want to have around me long term. Mm, I think it's true. interesting that you said that your friendships already had that kind of depth that some people are only establishing now because I feel like for me for a long time my friends or maybe that's just the culture in school like you're around people that look good on the outside if you know what I mean Mm. or you're around people for the image or because that's that's how you fit in on the outside not really yeah so I was gonna ask how did you how did you get to that point where you are so close with your friends that you have now. I think, first of all, having personalities that match and click, um, feeling that we could be safe around each other, that you know we can speak about things judgment free, um, and I think it starts with just openness. For example, you know, if a friend is like, you know, I've been struggling with anxiety, and it's kind of like, oh wow. First of all, thank you for being bold enough to share that because you know culturally and just a lot even just personally it's not necessarily an easy thing to disclose and it's like wow you know the fact that you could share that 
you know that not only builds trust but it also presents a stage that I can also feel comfortable um and open to share my woes and things that I'm going through um so I think it just builds from their respect you know I don't think there's any friend that I have like a genuine friend that I can think that I can't even like we disagree all the time but it's never in a disrespectful way it's never anything personal and I think that's so beautiful when I reflect to you know other friendships that I've had where it's like you know you're kind of walking on eggshells and like we can disagree to the core but it's just it's it's on the topic and I feel like that in itself I think it's all about respect boundaries um and just creating that safe space and I think that builds the depth in you know relationships yeah do you think it's it's always been like that for you or have you learnt through having um those kind of distant friendships in the past mm, um I'm so sorry could you repeat the question I was saying has it yeah have it having that awareness of what makes you close with your friends and what makes a meaningful friendship I was saying have you always been aware of that like even through school or has it has it have you had to go through like kind of as I say bad friendships or um unhealthy friendships to kind of learn that yeah do you know I think it's a combination of both you know I think from I've always kind of longed for like a, a level of intimacy with friendships and you know kind of sometimes not getting that or feeling like I'm willing to kind of go to the ends of the earth as dramatic as that sound for this friend and it's not reciprocated and you know you can kind of go through places like oh do you know what from now on I'm just going to do my own thing and but you know mm-hmm. we're human we all need each other we're all like interdependent on one another and um, I think me going through certain things personally made me um, intentional with what I will and won't tolerate in addition to experiences with other friendships where it's like, again, this is what I will and won't tolerate. So, um, you know, and I think it's a good point that you made about, you know, when you're younger, kind of maybe being around people for aesthetic. I think that's a lot more common than people actually realise, especially in this Instagram era. It's like, you know, all my friends are baddies and yeah, yeah, we can take these bomb pictures. But, you know, baddie or nobody, like, is that person there for you? Are they, are they your rock? Can you disclose like things without any kind of free of judgment and you know like for me I'm so thankful that there's certain people that even when I know that I'm being a waste man on a certain topic I can still kind of share my waste man antics and know that they're not gonna kind of cuss me out or they'll they'll allow me to be a waste man but I'm like, yeah. right, well, it's time to pick up they won't disown you. <laughs> yeah. or, or what's the word cancel you they won't cancel you exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's pretty um that's pretty amazing. I think it's also pretty important um, with what you said, Tori, about um, people who are friends, you know, for aesthetics for the gram because they all look a certain way or, oh, yeah, you know, when they walk into the club or the classroom or something, mm-hmm. everyone's going to be like, wow, who are these Who are these people? They look amazing. Um, <laughs> but um, at the same time, while it's obviously, are they there for you? Um, is this friendship very shallow? Are you guys talking behind each other's backs? It's also... Um, are you holding them to an, an unnecessary expectation? You know, um, I think um, there are cases where people kind of, um, you know, they grow older with the friends maybe that they, they know, they cherish. Um, it's very hard to be a baddie in primary school or secondary <laughs> school. <laughs> but as you grow older and you kind of get into your impressionable teen years or um, whatever, and, you know, you think, oh, yeah, I want to be like those girls who go to brunch with their friends. Um, 
and mm-hmm. they have expensive things and they live in London and everything like that and all that stuff. And, um, you know, it's what you want and it's, you know, it's influenced by yeah, social media and looking at other people's lives and stuff like that. But then it's also, are you holding, are you being a good friend in that kind of desire or that kind of sentiment by mm-hmm. holding your friends who may not necessarily enjoy that, may not necessarily find that valuable, holding them to that kind of expectation that, oh yeah, I want to, I want to be able to do this. And they think, ah, it's not really something that I find important or I find valuable in our friendship, you know, to do that. And I think we all need to be careful um, or we, as in our listeners as well, we need to reflect as well. And what kind of friendship do we desire? What kind of um, expectations are we placing on people? Um, and are we reciprocating that? And are we being fair in kind of our expectations of people, even if it's not necessarily the aesthetic, but kind of the support that we expect from our friends as well? Are we expecting them to be our therapists and our hype, hype, uh, hype, hype what's man. the word? Hype man, hype that's man. it, hype man, hype girls. Um, and also, you know, pull through for us every single time. Um, and also not point out our flaws and think we're like absolutely amazing, but we don't really rep- reciprocate that or it's not something that a human being can do anyway in the first place on their own. So um, I think we do need to... It's something we need to reflect on. We all, I think as girls get older, so we all want that, like, you know, that girl gang friendship. Um, yeah, then once absolutely. I got to university, I was like, you know what? I'm going to have my crew of black girls and we're going to be best friends and we're going to talk about everything. And you see these blogs where people say, oh yeah, uni students will make the friends that, you know, you make, the friends you make in uni will be the friends that you have for the rest of your life. So you go through uni like, where are my friends for the rest of my life? Um, yeah. So it can, it can put a strain in the relationship as well. If you if you're holding people to this expectation of going through until you're 80 or something, and you guys have just met for the first week or month or something in uni, have you kind of experienced yeah. that where you had that very um, intense desire to just have that that close relationship with someone, yeah, um, that sisterhood with someone, and maybe it's not necessarily for the best. Yeah, I think. I definitely went for a place where it's just like I just wanted, you know, you see on TV where it's like, um, I've been watching I May Destroy You on BBC iPlayer and I, I don't oh, know if you've been, have you been watching I've it? been watching it. <laughs> yeah. I've watched it all, man. Yeah, I've got so much to go. But you know the friendship between um the main character and her best friend Terry? Yeah. Where it's like they're like almost like sisters. I was like, yeah. I like that. And I kind of felt like I'm I know I've got that in me to kind of be that type of friend like where's where's where, where is it where's that for me you know mm. um then I kind of started then I you know lowered my expectations and then I felt like even with my lowered expectations I'm still not getting even my lowered expectations and yeah. that kind of stressed me out like you know what what is what am I doing wrong here but then I kind of had to look at the bigger picture why is it that I'm seeking this and why is it that I I'm expecting it from one source. I think like support and love and all that comes comes from so many places. And I think the biggest place it can come from is yourself. And once I started to look within myself and look at the real things that are going to make me happy and without any kind of aid from anyone else, naturally the expectations from other people, you know, was lowered. It wasn't so much that I expect this from you and I need this from you. It was kind of like, okay, this is what I can give for you. And, you know, there's a certain level of respect I would, you know, expect to be reciprocated. But in terms of being my therapist and my this, 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 it kind of, it all comes naturally. And I think once you can accept that, you know, the biggest support system comes from yourself, like everything else, it allows you to just enjoy, you know, and just 
enjoy people and the relationship and how things are going to go and you know although it will be great to have a relationship like um terry and um arabella mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah. you know some people may experience it that's some that's like a once in a lifetime friendship others may not but you know you can't beat yourself up doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong i think just love yourself find your inner strength and you know your your anchor and you yeah know, it definitely i can relate to that it definitely comes from like you can't source your I guess happiness with other people you have to kind of find that inner that inner strength that inner motivation when people say one of my friends said that you'll be your best hype man I remember what time I was like oh I'm I'm, I'm guessing myself up and she's like who else is gonna do it if you don't do it and I was like wow that's it's so true but on the flip on the flip side I've been also thinking about how I can be a better friend to others because I can be that kind of self-reliant person but then sometimes I can forget that. I also have other people in my life that I can check up on a bit more and, you know, see how I can, what I can do to help them. So I feel like this time in quarantine or being at home has really made me think about, am I letting the people know that I value our friendship? Because sometimes it's also like, yes, you can be your own hype person and you can have self-reliance, but also appreciate the people that are in your life and that will help you mm-hmm. out. And that was something that I, I had to work on and I realised that. And I was like, okay, let me try and reciprocate like this kind of support that I'm giving to myself and kind of show it to my friends as well. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. So yeah, I think- Another thing that I learned is that you can get so many different um, aspects from different friendships. Like sometimes if you expect it all to come from one friendship group or one friend, mm-hmm. that is a, a lot of a heavy expectation um, and weight to put on someone. Um, you can have that one friend that, you know, is your therapist friend and you've got your turn up friend and then you've got, you know, <laughs> and I think that that is, yeah. is beautiful in a sense that it just gives you variety. It gives you, it enriches you from different angles, you know? Yeah. And I think also as well, um, it's something that, that should be expected having different sources of support or different sources of love from different areas of your life because as you go through like work and school and for you music and the other different things you meet different people and you show different sides of yourself so they attract different people um to you um people who only know a certain side of you are going to be able to help you in whatever side they see um people who know another side of you are going to be more attracted to or well that's what attracted them to you as your friends in the first place will be able to help you will be able to support you in that aspect of you um I think recognizing that and recognizing as well, in a way, your place in other people's lives and their place in your lives as well. Um, and when I was at school, and I used to have, you know, you we moved like counties for secondary school, and so you know we didn't really have anybody to. By we, I mean me and my sister didn't really have anyone to um, to be friends with as we moved into you know year seven yet all scared you know nervous for school we didn't have anyone like that so you know the first friends we made we clung quite strongly to them um in terms of whatever ride or die that's it you know <clears throat> you can mm. yell at me a hundred times I'm not gonna I'm not gonna leave you you're my friend you know we get through this together um but I think as well as I got older and you know I start realizing your eyes open and you realize oh hold on I say they're my best friend but they say that person's their best friend. Shouldn't be like shouldn't it be reciprocated. Why 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 are you my best friend? But I don't even come up in your list of best friends. And um, it's because you've placed that person in a more important on a more important level in your life compared to 
where your place is in that person's life. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's not necessarily your fault or their fault. It's just how you meet and when you meet and what the what the purpose of their friendship is to you and what the purpose of your friendship is to them. Um, so it's not something necessarily that, you know, when you, like the reciprocation doesn't necessarily have to be balanced in terms of understanding where you are if you if it's a relationship for example as in the more romantic relationships where you know you're supposed to be committed to each other I think obviously you think oh yeah you know I expect that kind of commitment to be reciprocated because I'm supposed to be there for you you're supposed to be there for me if it's friendships mm-hmm. it's it's a polygamous friendship thing I mean you can't be having with just one friend that you're like you know <laughs> I, I don't have any yeah. other friends you're committed to me etc so mm-hmm. um that kind of almost like an ego taking your ego down to realize that maybe you're not the center of everybody else's um, circle per se. You don't have to be their best friend to have value in their lives. You don't have to be Mm -hmm. the closest one to them to have value in their lives. Um, And they don't have to be the closest ones to you for you to see value in them and what they bring to your life as well. But on that note, (laughs) (laughs) um, I wanted to move on to the more romantic relationships. Toria, are um, are you able to give us any any it's a personal question but are you able to give us any without spilling any names or spilling a, spilling any important details or anything like that can you just say if you've if you are in the relationship scene if you can give us any any discourse on relationships and stuff about that <laughs> I think um relationships are a powerful strong enriching thing I think romantic relationships again are to is that, you know, extra level of kind of closeness and intimacy in terms of just how much you even divulge in a sense and, you know, the nature of it. But, you know, even with romantic relationships, I think that, you know, all other relationships can't take a backseat. And I think for me, one thing that I'm always conscious of is making sure that my interests and my goals and my other relationships don't, aren't at a hindrance, um, because of a romantic relationship. I think it's important that we never lose ourselves, um, regardless and that's what makes things interesting like you know Mm. when you're reading different books and you can you've got so much to talk about because it's like oh you know someone says something and you can bring that to the table and oh you know you're kind of reaching from different angles and I think if you are so zoned into that one romantic relationship all those other things that enrich you and make you who you are is withdrawn Mm. so in a sense it's like you're not you can't pump in as you know as much into that relationship um, because your other sources are kind of limited or they're dwindling I think that's an interesting insight because usually when I think of relationships like I have I don't have much experience (laughs) but (laughs) I I usually imagine them that it's very focused on two like the two in the relationships or however if you're in open and stuff but that's that's another (laughs) story um but I think it's 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 good that you it's cool that you um you say that it's good to have other, the other friendship shouldn't take a backseat because some, I always hear these things where either when people say, oh, it's my man or us or things like that. But it, you can have both, but it's, it's just like a balance. And um, yeah, I feel like sometimes people can, um, the relationship can become their identity rather than themselves and they find mm-hmm. value and um, cons- consolidation in that relationship where it should be like two individuals coming together like yeah. bringing on their two like I imagine like two parallel lines 
they're two separate lines, but they're going in the same direction. So I think that's great that you said. I just like the idea of other relationships not being on the back burner. Mm. Um, yeah. Completely. What do you think should be? Um, I agree as well. I think it's, re- I think, I don't know, it gets a little bit um, red flaggy for me or a little bit worrying for me when I see people that like, you know, oh, this, I met this guy three months ago, whatever, and he's the love of my life. And your friends are telling you that, oh, you know, mm, you know, they don't maybe trust this guy or whatever. And you're like, no, he's my man. Or I don't know, you have to choose mm-hmm. between, uh, for some reason, it comes to a situation where you have to choose between your friends and your man or your woman or whoever and you're like no that's my woman and you think well you know these are people who've known you before these people who before you met this person per se that is the so-called love of your life or etc these are people that knew that you know you shared that closeness with I think like romantic relationships are an extension of that friendship Mm -hmm. um, and that close friendship that we talked about is um you know you extend and it becomes a romantic relationship um I think that's the way healthy relationships should be as well. You don't, the, the person that you come into a relationship with near you as someone with all these friends and all these interests and everything like that, are you going to throw that all away for somebody who they also have their own interests and et cetera? By you throwing yourself away in a way to be with this person, you're also putting this expectation that they should throw themselves away to be with you, you know? oh, why does my man want to go out with his friends um, to go, I don't know, paddleboarding or something um, every weekend? He should be spending time with me. No, that, those were his hobbies before he met you. Mm. That's going to be his hobby after he meets you, you know. Um, and yeah. relationships aren't, like, they aren't permanent. Obviously, people date and with the intention of hopefully having something long-lasting or permanent or, you know, something really good and stable. But at the same time, relationships do flow compared to you yourself. They do flow. Things happen. People meet. People diverge. Um, if you give yourself away, if it does eventually, you know, come to a time when your paths don't meet anymore, um, you don't have any more of yourself really mm-hmm. to to leave. You've left your friends behind for your man. Your man maybe leaves you. You haven't got your friends. You haven't got your interests. You know, it's not. You have nothing to. I say fall back on, but you have nothing that is part of who you were. Sometimes, especially as young people, we see all these romantic movies, um, especially all these outdated teen ones that have really bad messaging. We need to talk about that later. But um, <laughs> we see that and we feed ourselves that, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to meet this guy in uni or I'm going to meet this guy at work or whatever. And he's going to be the love of my life. And we're going to our friends won't agree, but we're going to run away. We're going to make it work and everything like that. Um, and it's very dramatic movie stuff. And you try and apply that to real life. Um, and it doesn't work because there's a reason why it's a movie um so exactly (laughs) yeah that's what you're saying i I was saying going off that do you think in this new social media age expectations of dating has changed for for the worse like all for the better or in general what do you think Uh, i think i think it's it's both you know okay i'll start with the worst in the sense that um again couple goals um, you know, with the matching outfits and might be standing in front of two Mercedes. Yeah, we grind together. Nah, nah, nah. And yeah. and I think that's really sweet. But at the same time, it's it's not a completely a full perspective of what's going on. And you know, it's mm. it's all image. It's all. But for the best, in the sense that, like, there's some YouTubers that I um, follow 
I have to give a shout out belief in fatherhood they're um a couple american-based couple oh, um, kids. Yeah. Yeah, they're so they're so positive but they're also really transparent they talk about their woes like their struggles with depression um anxiety mm. money problems sometimes like how you know marriage really is a choice like how you have to choose to love people and you know i mm. think it's just really and you know they they show us sometimes when they've just woken up they're looking crusty it's not always glam glam and you know yeah and, and i think i think it's really important just to see that you know because sometimes even if you are coming from a family where there's many or you know where there's many examples of marriages in your family you might still feel like that's not really that's an outdated model of marriage and if you're looking at instagram or any social media platform you're like this is what i'm inspiring this is what it's going to be like my mum and dad and my auntie and uncle that's the old way this is what it should be but then you seeing like as i said people like you know these youtubers the ones that are transparent are not always smiling 24 7 it kind of shows that even though that they have got that side of something that's really you know commendable and aspirational they also are real that you know no we still have times where you know we contemplate like is this life like you know Mm. is this I've got I'm happy I've got my marriage I've got my kids but am I losing my sense of self and or you know is this it (laughs) you know this is what I've been working for my whole life and I think it's just it's really empowering just to see just different dimensions and how different families work how they handle different things so yeah I think pros and cons to both what do you think Shubi do you think social media now has influenced how we go about dating even young people yeah Yeah. um I think we've always especially like girls and women we've always been kind of influenced in how we should date and what we should be looking for from dating till marriage and you know marriage is the end goal and you know you when you date someone you're dating to find a husband and etc 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 um and social media has kind of changed that so that in a way we take it into our own hands but at the same time you're being influenced by these photoshopped or um, staged images um, that show you like the best parts per se, um, but don't show you the struggles that are going to have to go through. So in a way, we've kind of take we're starting to take control of the narrative in terms of what we want our relationships to be like. But then at the same time, we're almost feeding ourselves a false, um, a false idea. Um, and a lot of us don't tend to think about the the hard grind as you said the reality that you know sometimes you're gonna wake up crusty and you're looking at your man and you're thinking oh (laughs) (laughs) and he's looking at you and he's like like, oh (laughs) (laughs) you're looking at each other like oh you know and sometimes you go through and you think oh this was marriage and everything and now you're done and you're like oh you know well that was that it wasn't really I mean okay cool but yeah Mm. you know I mean it was not what it cracked up to be oh I thought after my wedding day it'd be great and um, I'm sat here you know um but at the same time, it's something that you have to work hard towards. And I think the whole idea of working hard towards something and enjoying the rewards of that in, in, like, in a great relationship is what we tend to, we skip out on the hard work and we see the reward and we all want to jump to that reward, um, partly because of social media. Um, I think we had an episode where we talked about Valentine's Day as well. You see all these like, you know, roses on the thingy, roses on the bed, on the floor, everywhere. Yeah. You know, um, you see all these like amazing breakfasts and etc. And you think, oh yeah, you know, that's what a relationship would be like. If my if my man or my girl doesn't treat me to this, you know, then they don't love me. And you think, you know, is again, it's those expectations that we place on ourselves and others, um, because of somebody else's life. It's not your life. It's not what you'd have done if you hadn't seen that. Um, and um, yeah, I do think it's made it, it's made it worse in a way. But I think it's also 
made it better where people are being more transparent and being clear. We have different um, options for what we want to aspire to in terms mm-hmm. of relationships, um, especially people who don't have positive models of marriage or etc. You know, they have they can see other people to aspire to. And they can yeah. see, oh, yeah, you know, a relationship can work. I can work towards this, stuff like that. So I think there's good and bad, but yeah. Yeah, I agree. The ones that, that are transparent on social media are helpful for those to show what a relationship is like. And I like what you said, Shubi, about wanting the prize without the hard work. Because usually, even for me, um, when I think about a relationship, I think of all the nice times when you're like cuddling and you can go out on dates and things like that. But really, that's not a relationship. That's just fruits of it. It takes hard work, like um, clashes where you have to talk about things that you have to wrestle with different opinions, things Mm -hmm. like that, um, that are not showcased or that are not glamorised as much as the dates and the rose petals on Valentine's Day. Um, So, yeah, I definitely feel like it's um, social media as a place I feel like more so it glamorizes the um, the rewards of relationships compared to the hard times. But you do have the option, like yourself, depending on who you follow, to consume um, influencers who showcase transparency and show the real the real life of mm-hmm. being in a committed relationship. Um, so yeah, what do you think about online dating? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I don't really like. Well, okay, well, I'm watching this, but I tried it once and I was like, no, this is not for me because it's basically like texting and it's like you can't get nothing out of it. And then everyone just posts their best pictures, puts up the best image. You can arrange to meet up. <laughs> I, you can, but like, I don't know. It's a bit, I just don't like it. I don't know, maybe I'm biased, but what do you think about it? <laughs> you know what? If you asked me this a year ago, I'd be like, online dating, hell no, that's not me. What? That's what like middle-aged washed up people do. And <laughs> but do you know what? We're in a new era now. Like this is the way to to have access to people, you know? And you know I used to think it was just like so like subjective and like objectifying like oh just basing it off looks and da 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 I think it's what you make it to be like if mm. you're going and you're so quick to swipe left because they don't have a look you don't even bother to read their bio then you know that's more mm. on you you have to give people chances um and I think it's a com- it's a combination of being open that when you are out in public if you're at a bar that you know you're not so quick to shut things down if you're not about online dating um but if you are like and if, if and if you're not that keen on it, but accepting that it's the new era that we're in, being maybe quick to just like, you know, I'm not really that cool on, I'm not really a tech star. Do you want to meet up and get a drink or just mm. to speed that process up along? Mm, that's true. But you know, gotta live your best life, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree that there is a lot of access and I think it's how you use it. I think you can't, you have to be, I think that's for it to be successful. You have to kind of be transparent on that. Mm-hmm. And for me, I was a bit more like was uh, reluctant because I was just a bit skeptical of things. That's mm. probably because it's not my time for relationship. <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, I can I do agree because there are people that that I know that have met online and it's been successful. They're still in relationships now. Mm. Um, it's what you make it. It's basically like you said. It's what you make of it. Um, but yeah, maybe 
a bit later in my life I'll try mm-hmm. it again <laughs> stay safe I remember for me as well I was just like thinking of the worst like oh gosh mm. I'm gonna meet you know the st- either this mass stalker or serial killer it's gonna be da, 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 da. Yeah. and that's not impossible but it's unlikely and I think if you're safe and meeting in public spaces and liaising with your friends and family like you know this is this is the name this is what they look like we're meeting here da, 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 da. and then they can even kind of point out red flags that you don't even see as red flags so all of that stuff so stay safe I'll say but you yeah, know yeah, yeah. Yeah. um something I would also say that you that I kind of picked up when you were talking about liaising with your friends and family when you're meeting up with people online dating as well is also in the process kind of the online t- messaging and stuff like that you know don't be afraid I feel like obviously a relationship is personal you don't really want to get your friends involved but if you have a close friend or a family member or someone that is a bit more experienced a bit old a bit more mature that you can say look they sent me this message I'm feeling a bit uncomfortable I'm not unsu- I'm a bit unsure about this you know what does this say to you is this something I should be worried about um and it would be good to like maybe be humble a bit and when they say oh yeah you know that's a little bit of a you know take that take that with open news if you still want to go ahead and you know meet them or something like that you know that's cool but you've gone in a bit wiser compared to I think there are loads of stories where you know girls meet up and they date someone or people meet up and date someone and there's so many red flags and you think how did they miss it you know Mm -hmm. when it gets to the actual date um and those kind of experiences can really affect people's ideas of online dating or of dating in general um especially if you're new to it um so it's a little bit difficult a little bit challenging but I think it's it's very it's where it is it's where it's at now really do you think Mm -hmm. online dating can ever replace meeting up so for example in lockdown period I saw quite a few articles of um, you know, people meeting up as they they met up met this person online, did the dates online, and then moved in with them afterwards. Do you think? Do you think that's <laughs> because I was looking like, oh, an online date, great, awesome. great, great, move in. Sorry, what? You know, as in they moved in for the lockdown period, so they during the social distancing time they've been dating a bit, then they moved in for lockdown. I thought, isn't that a bit fast? Mm. Isn't that a bit, you know, in terms of even when, so for example, now. You can't see the rest of my room. You know, when you go for a work Zoom meeting online, you put on your nice top and your little, like, new wig or whatever, put some makeup and stuff like that. You get to choose what you present. So I think, do you think you can ever replace the kind of in physical, person. in-person interaction? Like before, yes, in before making those commitments. Yeah, before making those commitments. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Like, I think there's something about just being in person that you can't replace even like the energy the aura body language as you say like with like I know some couples um when they were dating like um like let's say for example they're doing the long distance things they would keep their webcams on all day just so they had a sense of you know just always being there so even if they went to work or one was at work like the webcam will still be on just so they still have that sense that I don't know it's just a kind of that sounds like a law and order episode (laughs) (laughs) I think in that case it's a bit different because like they've already established that physical connection but like you know when you're texting when you're web chatting or you know whatever it is like you've got time to think of a witty response you've got time to kind of you know frame things um but you know I think just being in person like even when it comes to like for me performing it's a completely different thing when I'm posting a, a video on you know social media compared to when I'm out on stage interacting with people it's a completely different energy I think nothing will ever complete replace that kind of physical one-on-one interaction in the moment 
you know it's how you get to know people yeah how has it been like not being able to perform or do the live live performances as much as before <sighs> it was frustrating but you know completely understandable like safety first um yeah. I think for me I get a lot of my inspiration when I'm just like consuming live music um mm-hmm. I love going to open mics and just being around just different artists that are just kind of sharing their art yeah. and um I went through a few periods here during lockdown where I just felt like a bit of a mental block like a creative block shall I say like in one hand it was great because you have all this time to write and do x y and z but without all these like external stimuli sometimes for me I need I need that to really you Mm. know um but then I was watching a lot of pre-recorded shows of like my favorite artists like Michael Jackson Jill Scott and although it's not the same but it's still kind of it's like you're still I was able to get my little bit of a fix of that live music but I love love just jamming with musicians and just oh there's something about it's like that energy that's created and I can't wait to get back to that um um and I'm hoping to kind of as things ease a bit further look into busking so you might see me at a London station Mm -hmm. near you stay tuned (laughs) um but yeah no it's been difficult but I'm raring to go I think it's just made me more eager more kind of honed in and kind of where I want to go creatively as well Mm. in terms of what I want to explore so what I want to ask what inspires you I guess creatively you kind of touched on it like listening to like live music and jamming with other musicians but what inspired you to like choose this path like this is what I want to do and this is why I'm going to continue I can't shake the passion really Mm. (laughs) I've tried to I've tried to kind of like oh let me just put this to the side like you know let me um just focus on building a conventional career and um but I think when you've got something in your heart um it's in your heart for a reason and you have to kind of explore it um for me what inspires me is life um I tend to write I'd say most quickly when I am sad (laughs) if things just seem to flow um Mm. and you're just experiencing things experiencing things um definitely inspires um but yeah in terms of why I'm doing it it's just because I love it Mm. (laughs) because I love it I honestly love music where did you grow up by the way you're from London right yes East London Mm. would you say that has influenced your music like anything Uh, to an extent actually no to a big extent yeah I think area my experiences and I think what you guys touched on um in your last um show with labs about kind of um that kind of identity crisis sometimes within your own culture or race and you know not being seen as quote-unquote black enough or to black in other circles um I think that definitely has shaped me and um the way I see you know the lens in which I see the world and in turn what I create yeah mm. there's a lot of character to East London as well so <laughs> yeah <definitely. laughs> that's a bonus London in general as a city just has so much character so I think there is something about that I think it's also the diversity maybe in the history of the areas as well that do lend themselves to that kind of um, creative space. You know, you hear all these artists either move to London or move to these other, what do you call them, spheres of influence. They move to these other places 
Um, yeah. If they don't, if they don't come from there originally, because it's just much better than trying to live in dead old Kent or Surrey, trying to, you know, make amazing music when there's barely anyone around you to feed off in that kind of creative mm. um, osmosis. We're using big words today, but that kind of creative exchange. <laughs> um, it's kind of hard to do that when the environment doesn't really allow that to thrive. What did you, this is a very, we asked Labs as well, but what did your parents kind of think and um, the kind of ideas of music in general? Um, I noticed your surname, so I kind of might have a very stereotypical idea, but let's see. <laughs> let's see. The thing is, um, my parents, my dad always says that I was singing before I was speaking. So music has very much been apparent, uh, apparent in my kind of interests and my loves and passions. Um, and I think for them, they kind of thought, oh, yeah, you know, that's, that's cute, you know, singing choirs and, yeah, but, you know, ultimately, let's get to work, you know, they're yeah. going to have a conventional, you know, career as such. And um, I think, you know, I think now it's at the, the stage where they realise that this is something that she's, you know, serious about and, you know, clearly cares enough about to invest the time and, you know, energy. And it makes me happy. And I think any parent, they want their child to be happy ultimately but also they want them to be stable and mm -hmm. you know any type of freelance profession like you're you know earning uh you're living a precarious way of life so things are up in the air a lot of times but I think if you're going to be governed by fear you're not going to you can't be happy because you're just always going to be limiting yourself and I always say like you know better to have you know the, the, I don't think it's easy to live with regret um than it is to live with failure and what is failure one man's mm. idea of failure is someone else's success and I think once we can make our own definitions of what our success looks like the fear of fear which is very real and I can't lie I fear fear myself <laughs> um but um it makes that the, the the voice of fear quieter and you know it doesn't it we pay less concern to someone who says, oh, you know, you've only achieved this. But if that was your always your intention, it's like, yeah, I did achieve that. And I'm very happy of that. And, you know, you stop thinking, you stop kind of belittling, belittling <laughs> your achievements. Yeah, I think true, yeah. I saw a post once where it said something like the successful man has failed more than the beginner. And I found that, I I'm paraphrasing, but I found that so um, encouraging to hear because it's like, to get to the top, you have to fail many times. Mm, and yes. you will never get to the top if you don't start and if you don't fail or quote unquote, whatever you call failing. So I think definitely fear is a big factor in like restricting or limiting our us from our potential and whatever we choose to do. Um, so yeah, I just want to yeah I also think this is like the best time as well to learn and to do things and you know to kind of throw away or, or quiet the spirit of fear um because you know there's so many resources out to help you learn if there's something you want to do oh yeah you know oh for my next track I wanted to have CGI or something yeah, I'm sure there's a YouTube video somewhere that will start helping or a PDF or something or a course mm. people can learn whatever whatever they need to learn if they want if they have an ambition or desire that they want to fulfill like it's much easier compared to maybe 10 30 years ago um mm. to to get started on that and I think sometimes the idea of failure and the the oh you know the potential oh what if I don't do this what if what if what if 
um, can paralyze people before they even start doing something, you mm. know. Um, so I think it's great to, I think it's great to just, yeah, just get on, get on with it, go with your dreams. And um, I'm glad that your parents as well supported you. And um, I kind of thought, yeah, when, you know, you're singing before, singing before you start talking and they're like oh yeah that's cute oh sing for us at party you know sing you know <laughs> oh go and cry you like singing don't you go go and cry oh you know going to the parents oh that's great and they turn on like i want to do it for a career and they're like oh oh you were serious oh <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah sometimes <laughs> each other like how this happen but exactly. you know it's I think, it's what you were meant to do i think it's also important that you know we have to remember that we have our own lives to live yeah our parents want the best for us but ultimately you have to you have to follow what's in your heart the same way that our parents followed what's in their hearts and I think for a lot of us like it's even crazy that my parents when they were younger than me that when they when they were younger than I am now mm. like moved across the world and they set up shop that's that's huge mm. that's huge so I think you know we can't allow our friends or family those who you know they mean well but mm-hmm. stifle our ambitions and our goals because we all have an individual purpose to our creation I believe and it's our duty to follow that um mm. and not just be held back by you know well-meaning but negative thoughts and impressions you listen better to have tried and failed than to live a life of regret that is my motto but again what is failure always ask yourself that what is yeah. failure? <laughs> have you have you like wrestled with that like the the notion of failure like sometimes having to check yourself not to get too beat up on something that didn't go your way or yeah some plans change and you yeah yeah, yeah and it's an ongoing battle mm. I wish I could say it's just this thing I just woke up and it was oh it is an ongoing sometimes daily battle um but I have to sometimes write down okay what's the worst case scenario how am I going to feel if I don't give this a try you know how am I going to feel if I just you know throw in the towel and that's why I have to it's a it's a balance also surrounding yourself with people who believe in you like you know there was a period in time where as I said my family were like kind of like come on you can knock this out now I mean you can forget this now come on yeah um but I had friends that were like you know when's this dropping when are you doing that what's the update with that single did it and it's like wow like there are people that really believe in me and see something in um that, you know see something in me so yeah I must have something here let's just give it a try yeah yeah read books read books about like um there's one book that I would recommend to the world by Jen Sinsaro it's called how to live an awesome life so how to stop dating how to stop oh, I'm paraphrasing now but mm. how to stop doubting your greatness and live an awesome life by Jen Sinsaro mm. I recommend that to every single person. Sorry, should be you were saying. <laughs> um, I think it was just I was gonna play devil's advocate a bit and say, mm-hmm. um, the whole discouraging parents um or discouraging people around, I think it's also in a way it's a good thing to have that at the start of your dream. Um, because not necessarily because it's a great thing for your confidence or anything like that, but I think it's a great thing to check yourself if you are passionate about something. Sometimes I know especially for me as well, I don't necessarily have a passion. All I know is I keep saying it again and again, I don't want to work. And by work, I mean, I don't want to have to go into an office with someone I don't like and have to imagine spending the rest of 10 years with them. I really don't want to do that. If you have a, if you have a, but apart from that, it's like, as long as I make money, that's fine because I don't want to work in the first place. If I have money, you know, I'm happy. Um, so for me, it's a little bit harder to have a dream or a passion. I had to, I changed my potential careers and my potential passions 
um, so many times. I wanted to be an artist, and then I realized artists didn't make much money. I wanted to be, <laughs> I wanted to be mm. a doctor, or I wanted to be a vet. And my mom was like, "If you're gonna treat, if you're gonna treat animals, learn how to treat human beings." Okay, so I was like, "I want to be a doctor. I want to be an engineer. I want to be this." You know, mm. having parents or people around you who kind of check you is a good way to have you check yourself as well and reevaluate. Look, am I passionate about this, or do I like the idea? of doing this do I like the idea of being able to do this or am I willing to put in the work for that and I think when you can overcome the the noise or the, the discouragement or the questions um, and think no I really do want to do this you know that you are set on the path to actually accomplish what you want to do because you know that look you've got the determination to be able to push out you know push out the negativity or the Mm. uh bad vibes per se yeah I, th- I think it's a balance between internal and external pressure because when you know yes. something in your heart and then you get a little bit of pressure from the outside as well like whether it's from people questioning you or people encouraging you I feel like when you know something in your heart that's when when that that's what drives you to do something and to persevere with something so I think it's I kind of agree with what kind of agree with what Shubi says I think it's like a, a a balance between internal pressure that you feel from your heart that you know this is something I've been called to do and external pressure from people questioning you and challenging you but then you standing your ground and um, sticking with um, what you feel is your your passion and what you should go with would you like to share um, where people can find you and anything you have coming up new for us to look for and I also want to ask your favourite song as well. Um, which of your songs is your favourite and why? And yeah, kind of how you feel about that song. Which of my songs or just songs in general? Yes, which of your oh, songs is song. your favourite? Oh, that's a tricky one because um, are we talking released or unreleased? Ooh. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, I'd say so far, my favourite song is my debut single, Step by Step, just because it holds, um, it rings true. And um, the song is about overcoming kind of doubt and, you know, confusion or feeling lost. And I think that is a a thing that it's not just, you get over it and it's done. I think in every stage in life, like it's a continual thing. Um, So sometimes I listen back to it and I'm like, yeah, it it picks me up. It's like a reminder that you can do this, just take it step by step. but also there's some stuff on the way that I'm excited to kind of put out and I can't wait for you guys to hear. Yeah. Um, you can find me everywhere, really. Spotify, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, at <laughs> Toria Akin. That's T-O-R-I-A-A-K-I-N. Thank you guys for tuning in to this one. You have been listening to the Mind Growing Podcast with... Should be the twin. And Jessica, the quiet Jamaican, and also our lovely guest, Soria Akin. Set up.